to Dealers of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. We uh, uh, we didn't do an episode past couple weeks, and uh, that's because my dog, Elvi, died. Uh, I, you know, I saw it coming, but it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, we were together for 18 years. So um, I wasn't able to do the podcast, and um, I still don't know if I'm ready to talk about stupid shit, but... You know, I'm going to give it a go. It's it's what Elvie would want. He would want to hear me talk about, what are we talking about today? Phil Collins mm-hmm. and Justin Bieber's pastor. So um, I wrote about losing him on the side on Instagram. So some of you sent me very, very, very sweet and kind notes that have helped me a lot. So I want to thank you for that. And I haven't res- if I haven't responded to you yet, I will. But thank you. No, I know how much he meant it to you. So, so thank you for. It's like you never feel like it's the right time to like start doing like normal stuff again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. it, it feels very weird. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're I'm gonna give it a go. So we're we're going to start with Phil Collins' uh, malfunctioning cheese dick. That's oh, no. a that's a good segue. Um, okay, this saga has been unfolding for weeks. Um, But there's some new developments. So I'm just going to, we're just going to cover it all. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, let's just start. (laughs) Start to finish. So the story involves Phil Collins. Everyone knows Phil Collins. And if you don't, he's to blame for Emily in Paris, or sorry, Emily in Paris. He's to blame for that because Lily Collins is his daughter and she's in Emily in Paris. So, um... It, this saga involves Phil Collins, his ex-wife, Oriane Cive, and it's about their fight over his $40 million Miami Beach mansion. But before we get to that, let me give you, and I'm going to try to make this quick, mm-hmm. cut to tomorrow when I'm still talking, um, rundown of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Allison, you've already heard all this, so. But I love it. This is, I love hearing, it's like hearing it all for the first time again. <laughs> I love it. So, Oriana is Phil Collins' third wife. She's a Swiss, 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 Swiss national. Swiss miss. Swiss miss. Swish, swish. Um, She's a Katy Perry song. She's a Swiss national. And she met him when she worked as his translator during one of his tours. So, they married in 1999. They have two sons together. Nicholas is 19. He's currently 19 years old. She didn't give birth to him when he, he was 19 <laughs> years old. And Matthew is 15 years old. Phil and Orianne divorced in 2006, and she got a 25 million pound divorce settlement, which at the time was a record in Britain. Yeah, worked out to US dollars. Isn't it something like $33 million or something? Well, at the time, maybe the pound was worth a little more. So some say like 40 something. Anyways, it was so tons a lot of money. Of money. Yeah, enough money for her to live forever wonderfully. So um, after they split up, they moved on to other people. Oriane, she ended up marrying a banker named um, Charles Mahadi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And they had a son together. So in 2015, Oriane then left Charles for Phil Collins. And Oriane and Charles had a messy divorce. But um, true love prevailed. Phil and Oriane were back together and living in his Miami mansion, the one that they're fighting over. 
Okay, the son claims that while Orianne was with Theo the second time, she cheated on him several times with, and one time with a hot male escort who she wine and dined and took all over the world. She took Orianne. him on fancy vacations. Yeah, she's living it up. So that escort, he told the son that he dumped her because she was with another man. And he's not talking about Phil. This is yet another man. So she's she's out there living her life. Uh-huh. So then um, in July, Phil, Phil and Orianne still together, got he got a text from Orianne telling him that um, it's over between them. And she met... Uh, found love with a younger hot piece named Thomas Bates. Oh, let me give you all their ages. So Phil is 69. Nice. Orianne is 46. And Thomas Bates is 31. Mm -hmm. And before, like, I think she told Phil about Thomas, she was apparently like, she wasn't even trying to hide that she had this hot younger boyfriend and was parading him around, taking him to parties, you know, like we're not like we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you know, just you know, loving it up with him. With Listen, Thomas. the heart wants what the heart wants, regardless of whether or not there's a pandemic. I we, guess, yeah. Well, if you're yeah. Orianne, yeah, the coochie wants what the coochie wants, regardless if there's a pandemic. Yeah. So, anyways, because Orianne's ring finger will fall off if she doesn't have a wedding ring on it, she and Thomas got married by an Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas on August second. And so you know this is true love when you're married one month after being together. Also, Michael, Elvis, Elvis is still marrying people in the pandemic? I thought he would have pivoted to Zoom by now. Yeah, well, hopefully he has a rhinestone mask on, blue suede mask. Wait, is Elvis blue suede? Yeah, blue suede shoes. Okay, okay. Blue yeah. suede mask. It makes sense. I don't know how effective it is against preventing the novel cor- coronavirus, but we'll see. <laughs> So then, after they got, Orianne and Thomas got married in Las Vegas by Elvis, they moved into Phil's Miami mansion. That brings us to this, the legal disaster between Phil and Orianne. So Phil filed papers in Miami court to evict Orianne and accused her and her new husband of holding his mansion hostage and getting armed guards to keep him out. It really, it really paints a picture. Yeah, like, fuck Emily in Paris. This is, we need Orianne in Miami. That's the Netflix show we really need. So Orianne claims that when she and Phil got together the second time, he promised her half of the mansion if she left Charles, her second husband, for him, which she did. So she wants $20 million to move out. Now, I'm not sure <laughs> if she still has the millions from her divorce settlement. But Allison, you and I have looked at her Instagram. So if you take one look at it and her name, she's under Orion Collins, by the way, if tell you that she probably blew it on Bentley's Botox yachts and Dick. And Michael, don't forget those um, gold temporary tattoo armband things that were like very popular. I want to say like 2016. She's oh, all, she, more oh, like 2006. Well, Michael, forgive me. I'm in Canada. We get trends a little <laughs> late up here. But 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 like she in every picture, she always has a fresh 
temporary tattoo, like uh, Pamela Anderson barbed wire, like the armband tattoo. Yeah. This is like the gold foil one. So those cannot be cheap. Oh, no. It's real gold, honey. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So the Phil and Orianne have kind of partially worked out this legal mess, not really, but she has agreed to leave his mansion by mid-January, but she still wants that $20 million, so she's playing dirty now, um, not dirtier than Phil Collins's asshole, allegedly. Allegedly. So that that's, the, the, we're going to get into this now. So... Oriane responded to Phil's request to evict her, and she threw out some shit that isn't relevant, but I guess she wants to humiliate him and show him that he better step off. He better yeah. pay up or she's going to give us more dirt. She's like, this is the, this is the tip of the shitberg. It can get yeah. worse from here. Yeah. So she claims that she left Phil because he's a mean hermit. I can relate. Um <laughs> who didn't bathe or brush his teeth for months. I can relate. <laughs> I can relate to that. Was depressed. I can relate to that. Same. Constantly boosted up in pot pills. I can relate. Um, <laughs> who can't in COVID times. Yeah. Which caused him to fall. Like he was popping pills, so he fell all the time. Right. She also said that their sex life was non-existent because Phil couldn't get it up. He's like impotent. Right. So, yeah, like you said, basically Phil... Phil is all of us during quarantine. Right. Would you describe him? Would could his nickname be Filthy? Yes, Filthy. And so Orianne accused Phil basically of being um, Sususio. Yes. How long did it? It took us so long to finally get a Phil Collins song joke in. But we did it. And you, it's going hard with Susudio. That's good. Phil's legal team denied everything she said, saying that Orianne is throwing out fake allegations to extort money from Phil. It isn't over. So Orianne seems to be throwing anything that sticks. And now she's claiming that she physically cannot leave the house because she's got a spinal cord injury that she got during a routine operation in 2014 after she messed up her neck in a martial arts exhibition in Paris. So it all goes back to Paris. Paris. It does. Everything's back to Paris. So apparently there's like some special equipment she needs at Phil's house. And without it, she could be wheelchair bound. This is what her lawyers argued. But if you look at her Instagram, there's pictures of her hiking riding a bike she's traveling all over the place so it doesn't seem like she needs that equipment that much yeah i will say there is not a wheelchair to be seen on that instagram account no or no special equipment on her trips to tropical paradise yeah i didn't see one mobility device yeah so after all that one friend tells page six that they wouldn't be surprised if phil and orianne get back together because they need each other. So, I mean, I guess Orianne, you know, she got that good cooch and Phil Allen, Phil Allen, Phil Collins got that good bank account. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, it works out. Yeah. yeah, you could say that perhaps maybe like she's an easy lover and she would like more than just another day in paradise. Against all odds. 
Yeah, if you, you could will. say that. You could. I shouldn't have, but I did. And you guys love doing that. Like everyone who writes a story on Delisted, they yeah. throw like 10 Phil Collins songs. I'm like, oh. I didn't even know that many songs existed. Okay, but to be fair, Michael, the man's catalog lends itself to this story. Like everything. It's like two hearts. There's two hearts involved in the story, but there's also two hearts that are living in the house that Phil does not want living in the house anymore. Okay. One more night. She wants one more night in the house. She She wants wants all the nights in the house. Well, no, she just wants all the money. It's Yeah, Yeah. one more. He can have the one night in the house. Yeah. (laughs) There's, but like, I love though that she... Like I have to, I have to respect somebody who comes up with, I shouldn't say comes up. I'm sure that these are all real stories. I should say allegedly and, you know, trust the process and whatnot, but who has many uh, stories for why they can't do something. Yeah. Why she can't leave the house. Yeah. I don't want to call it an excuse again. I don't want to be placing blame. Well, she does leave the house because if you look at her Instagram, she goes to Vegas, she goes here, she goes there. One could say she's rarely even in the house at this point. Allegedly. Allegedly. As as far as we can see. Allegedly. But like, I feel like it's going to get to the point where Phil is like, no, we're not getting back together. You need to leave the house. Her like final uh, like plan of defense is just going to be to stand on the other side of the door and like, he'll be knocking being like, Orianne, are you there? And she's like, uh, no. This is not Orianne. I don't know who this is. She's not home. Like, it's just going to be... She She's going to need to get desperate is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, she, yeah. I hope she's smart about how desperate she gets. But I mean, if they get back together after all this, she needs to teach a master class in gold digging. Because that... I mean, after she leaves Phil for somebody else, mm-hmm. demands money, and then if he takes her back after that... I'm sorry, but if he takes her back after she claims that he doesn't shower, doesn't brush his teeth, and he can't get a boner, and he still takes her back, then she she's like a hypnotist. Yeah, she yeah. We need to learn her ways, basically. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, like you said, I don't know why it's so hard to get Orianne out of the house because he should just blast Susu Studio or any of those other songs, and she'll come running out. That wouldn't work on me. It wouldn't work if on me. I was yeah, don't do that. Phil Collins, if you're ever married, Phil, FYI, Phil Collins, if you ever marry Allison and she refuses to get out of your house, do not play Susu Studio on blast because that will give her reason to stay forever. He'd be like, oh no, she's she's not she's not bathing, not brushing her teeth, and now she's not leaving my house. This is bad. Oh, poor Phil Collins. I'd never do that to the man. So I feel like the theme of this uh, episode today is get out of my house. But in this next case, the house in question is not a mansion in Miami Beach, but God's house, a.k.a. church, a.k.a. uh, We're talking about Pastor Carl Lentz of Hillsong, um, but a.k.a. he's not the pastor there anymore. So I think that we a lot of people know Pastor Carl as like, hot pastor carl i want to use air quotes on that because pastor carl really uh he appeals to a certain person i would say i I would not describe him as universally hot but some people no what would you describe his look oh he's he's a hot christian pastor but who does he look like to you hmm he kind of looks to me like like ryan reynolds method acting a hot pastor with a shaved head that's okay. what he looks like to me. Who does he look okay. like to you? 
to me looks like a Terry Richardson version of Gary Oldman's Fifth Element character. Wow, accurate. Because he has that this hair. I mean, the real crime against God is his hair. He had that like where it's shaved and it just kind of, it was kind of like a Karen haircut, but <gasps> it was black. You know, he had like a swoop, but then his, his sides were all shaved and he wears Terry Richardson glasses. Yeah, it was kind of like a waterfall. It was like Moses parting the Red Sea, except he only was parting it to one side. Yes, and he got he was, lazy. Yeah. yeah, he was parting it with uh, hands covered in gel. Yeah. That's, a, that's really accurate. Honestly, that's exactly who he looks like. But we he kind of became famous a couple years ago because he was hanging around Justin Bieber all the time. And he was the man that like Justin Bieber credited as like helping turn his life around. Like remember when Justin Bieber was a real shithead? And then he kind of scaled back from like a, was? Ten, a 10 to an 8. Listen, I'm going to give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. He, he pulled it back a bit, okay? Wait, 10 to not... like 9.9999995. Yeah, with a with a 0.1% margin of error <laughs> in our math. Yeah, so he's like, but generally though, like remember when Justin Bieber started kind of like he was being dating. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Hillsong is like a cool church yes yeah so i don't know if you've ever (laughs) i'm gonna stop myself there i was gonna say have i don't know if you've ever been to a hillsong service michael i'm gonna guess oh all the time yeah all the time yeah you're like hey pastor carl's number is my phone we text constantly i've never been either surprise surprise but there is a hillsong church in toronto and i've driven past it two times now when like church was letting out and Everyone always looks really fancy. Like people are wearing hats like inside church, which look, I know that like wearing hats in a church is like lots of churches do this. But I mean, I should say like people were wearing like fedoras, like, no, like, you know, like those, I don't know the name for it, but it's like those women's hats that are like really big, wide brimmed ones. And they're like usually black. Amish hats? Kind of like an Amish hat, sort of. Well, those are like a hipster hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, it's like they're wearing sunglasses and hats indoors. And yeah, it's like a always... cool church. It's the cool mom of churches. That's exactly. So Pastor Carl was like the Jesus. He was like the Jared Leto of this cool church. And he was with Hillsong for 10 years. So just to, like last week, the founder of Hillsong, his name is Brian Houston, which sounds like the most like uh, cool church pastor name I've ever heard. Um, actually more than that, it would be if his name was like Dallas Houston, but anyways, that's, it's irrelevant because his name's Brian Houston. So he released a statement saying, Pastor Carl Lentz, he's no longer with Hillsong. Um, we had to let him go. He's been fired. Like they were very specific that he was fired. They were also kind of nice about it. They're like, we appreciate all the work that he's done for us. We, you know, he's part of our family, except that he's not anymore. And at the very end of it, like they didn't say why he was being fired. At the end, he was like, um, you know, this is due to breaches of trust and moral failures. So when you don't go into detail on something like that, of course, people are going to start guessing. So, well, and Hillsong also, you know, they've known for being like homophobic. Yes. Yeah. Against abortion. Mm hmm. And like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And like Pastor Carl didn't really seem sort of like that. So I think like um, some people were like suggesting that like Pastor Carl is 
like um in like vocal support of the black lives matter movement and like that's why he was fired or like some people were saying he's soft on abortion he's kind of like he's into lgbtq issues and but those what it turned out it's like no that's not so people then started guessing like oh he maybe has a booze problem or he's into drugs or the one that i saw all the time or people finally looked at that hair and were like we can't have this at church every week yeah they're like our church is messed up but we can't this <laughs> we, is a step too far they're like we get accused of being homophobic at least once a week but your hair is the issue here you need to leave i'm sorry <laughs> so um people one of the things like i was just about to say like one of the things that people were kind of um suggesting is they're like oh pastor carl has a porn addiction right and that's why they had to let him go but i was like there's no way they'd fire someone for a porn addiction like they would hide that shit so it's kind of what everybody assumed it was going to be which is he admitted on Instagram that he cheated on his wife, Laura Lentz. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be like a gay scandal. That's what I originally thought it was going to be, yeah. Hmm, Based on what, Michael? I don't know, just because like he was suddenly fired. You know, this church is homophobic. So I was like, he probably got caught in a gay scandal. And that's what usually happens with leaders of homophobic, or not usually, but that's a lot of times what happens with leaders of like homophobic churches. Yeah. And the fact too, that like, like there's a lot of evangelical churches where it feels like the pastor gets caught cheating with like a woman, but they're just like, oh, he's going to take some time to work on himself. And like his marriage is going to come back stronger from it. And like, we love him and this is part of his journey and stuff. Yeah. So I can, yeah, I can, I can see where you're going with that, but um no he cheated on his wife with a woman and so that's why they fired him apparently that's where they draw the line at hillsong um so we didn't really know anything about it he was he had just kind of gone on instagram and you know said what you expect him to say which is like i failed my wife and i didn't uphold my commitments as a husband and all that stuff blah 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 yeah. blah blah so we all know that technically a cheating scandal isn't real until the mistress speaks out and Carl, one of Carl's alleged mistresses, I say one of because there's like talk online that there's maybe perhaps more mistresses. Why can't I say mistress today? Anyways, so she spoke out and she is um, a woman named Rannon. She didn't want to give her last name because she's like, I don't want to be harassed online. Um, so she spoke to the Sim and she told her st- alleged story of getting with Pastor Carl. And so I'll go through it really quickly because like this could have its own episode is Raynan's story. So she said that she was with Pastor Carl for five months. And like the reason she decided to speak up is because she was like, it wasn't just like some affair. Like she's like, I really thought we were in a real relationship and we totally loved each other. She said that she met Pastor Carl in like Brooklyn in a park and that he didn't want to give his last name. He's just like, my name is Carl. I don't want you Googling me because I'm this famous sports agent and he also said that he wasn't married eventually he like told her that he was married and that he had three kids but she's like we loved each other so we kept dating or whatever again allegedly um and then they recently broke it off so this was like a relationship i think that started during covid which again another story where people are doing stuff in people are doing stuff in the pandemic that maybe they shouldn't be doing but anyways so the point here is uh Rainin or Rannon and Pastor Carl are not together anymore because P- 
Pastor Carl got fired and now he has to work on himself. So I'm sure this won't be the yeah, end. Yeah, she found out like he was married and yeah. did, he, did he apologize to her? I think he, I don't think he publicly apologized to Raynan. I think he delivered like a general apology to like everyone. Oh yeah, including... But- but one, <laughs> you know, thing, one thing she said in that in her interview with mm-hmm. the son um is that he like one of the first things he told her you know is how beautiful she was and that she um uh, reminded him of a kardashian and that would be that that's dark-sided that i would turn the other way and run yeah that's that like, was a red flag that's like insulting that's like um wait what's that book about like it's the Oh, it's like that book that like a whole bunch of like straight guys read like 20 years ago about like trying to pick up women and it was all about like negging them. Oh, you're asking the wrong bitch. I know, I'm sorry, but it was like the whole thing about it was uh, like uh, it was the like NASCAR magazine. <laughs> what do straight guys read? <laughs> the Spike Channel. Uh what's it called? Fight Club. The Fight Fight Club. Yes. It was a DVD of Fight Club that somebody found in, like, the men's section of Old Navy. Yeah. Um, No, but anyway, that's what it seems like. It's something where it's like, hey, you look like a Kardashian. She'd be like, that's insulting, but okay. (laughs) No, I think, I love the fact that he, uh, the job that he picked, the, like, fantasy job was sports agent. Is that um, from Entourage? He's He's a movie agent. What, Turtle? No, who's the, the fucking, the one with the, um... That has no hair. Ari, Ari Gold. Jeremy Ari Pittman. Gold. Jeremy Jeremy. <laughs> okay. It's officially became very straight. Yes. But yeah, sports agent and very famous sports agent. Who who is a very famous sports agent? Isn't like Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. I was also going to say too, I'm like, isn't it Matthew McConaughey and how to lose a guy in 10 days? But I think he worked in advertising. <laughs> Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah, she's he's like, I'm a sports agent. She's like, what's your name? He's like, Carl Maguire. And you complete me. Is that from Jerry Maguire? Yeah, yeah. that's um, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I was going to say, that's Renee Zellweger, but I'm like, no, you complete me. What's the other line? What's the other like cheesy line? Show me the money. What's the other one? Oh, I'm just a guy standing in front of a No, car. Allison, that's Notting Hill. It's- oh, God. <laughs> Although I almost thought that I was like, did Renee Zellweger say that to him? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but you know, Justin Bieber also apparently unfollowed him. After yes, this. and so did Haley Bieber. As yeah, well, and so when him. Justin Bieber of all people is disgusted by you, <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta rethink. You need a real long talk with God at that point. Yeah, but Carl, he'll be fine. He's gonna start another cult. I mean, church. You know what? He would be smart if he started another um, church and was like, unlike some churches, we aren't homophobic. And you can cheat on your wife. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Thanksgiving food talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Next week, it's Thanksgiving time here in America. And it's still happening. Although some of us are doing minimalist Thanksgiving because... COVID is not welcome at our dinner table. But this site called Zipia, which is like a career site, they did, for some reason, a little study on what the most popular Thanksgiving dishes are in each state. They determined this by looking at the Google trends in each state. 
like what Thanksgiving dishes people in that state Google the most. So that's how they came to this. So mashed potatoes um, is the most popular dish in California, Nevada, Washington, Montana, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, and Colorado. Green bean casserole is the most popular dish in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Michigan, Kentucky, and Ohio. Mac and cheese is big in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. Rolls, or some kind of bread, that's big in Missouri, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Dakota, Utah, and uh, West Virginia. Now, stuffing is the most popular in Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Vermont. And then there's a bunch of, like, random ones. Oh, there's some, yeah, there's some wild cards in here. Yeah, like hash brown casserole is the most popular in Alaska. Salad is the most popular in Maine. Poor Maine. Salad? I don't believe that. I know. Salad. And also, too, here's the thing. It said side salad. So it wasn't even like the salad is, like, Cobb. Or turkey salad. Yeah, (laughs) turkey Pumpkin ambrosia. pie salad. Ambrosia. Yeah. It's like, they, they're like, yum, iceberg and Thousand Island dress, like my Thanksgiving favorite. So Iowa and Kansas love corn. Corn. Um, <laughs> Hawaii loves turkey gravy. Indiana that. loves deviled eggs. New Hampshire loves cranberry sauce. In Florida, um, they love turkey flavored meth. Yeah. <laughs> no, they love sweet potato casserole. Honestly, that did surprise me because I thought that they would have picked Waffle House or homemade drugs. Yes, Waffle Waffle House, yeah. <laughs> Turkeys and waffle. Tur- mm-hmm. Turkey and waffle. Honestly, that list really surprises me because I didn't think... Okay, I need to first stress that I come from a country where Thanksgiving, it's not a thing where you have mac and cheese. And it's also not a thing to have green bean casserole. So... Green bean casserole grosses me out because I have no association with it, like, as a kid or, like, Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. no nostalgia for it. So, like, personally, I think that all the states that picked green bean casserole should just secede from the rest of the country and form their own new country of people with, like, no gag reflexes. See, green bean casseroles, like, why is it disgusting to you? The cream of mushroom soup, Michael. Oh, really? That's it? So what if you take that out? Oh, if it's just a pile of green beans, I'm into it. That's good. <laughs> With um, French's on top. See, I've never had that either. We don't have really? that. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, you got you got to make it. You got to make it and just try it once. Oh, I'll do it without the mushroom soup. No, I'll you got to do it with the mushroom soup. I promise you, Michael, I cannot do that because it would be a huge waste of food. And in this economy, maybe Girl, I'll try it. Maybe I'll try it. You maybe can eat it. the whole Taco Bell menu, McDonald's menu, but you can't eat green bean casserole yes ma'am it's because the green because you're a real gourmet you're a real gourmet yeah food network excuse me but um okay so i want to know though what is your favorite and do you agree with your state's choice i mean mashed potatoes it's yeah i mean i don't that's not my favorite i mean i've said my favorite i think i we talked about this last year can i yeah can i guess i think i remember what it is yeah you're gonna yeah stuffing no Turkey? Why? Because I'm gay and I like to be stuffed? Oh my god, that's homophobic, <laughs> no. Allison. <laughs> no, uh, canned cranberries, but the can. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has to be the can. Right. Like, I like the other kind, the fancy kind, you know, you... you Homemade, The ones yeah. that pop, mm-hmm. but the can is my favorite. Slicing it is my 
sexuality. Like I love slicing it. You know what I really love is um, squeezing it out and right. it kind of looks like it's pooping out. I'm not a yeah. scat queen. I'm not a yeah. scat queen, but <laughs> and it, it looks is. like, yeah, it looks like um, it like comes out and then when it hits. It's like, like giving birth. Yeah. It's exa- yes. Honestly, yeah. not far off. But it, like when it hits the plate, it does that little jiggle. Yeah, that's that that's makes cute. Thanksgiving. So what's your favorite? I mean, it's turkey. I could eat piles of turkey. I love turkey. And my second is stuffing. <laughs> I love stuffing. That wasn't that wasn't a gay joke. Stuffing's just a delicious food. I assume that you just like delicious stuffing. So what will you be having though for Thanksgiving this year if you're having a scaled back Thanksgiving? Tears. Wine and tears. Yum. Allison and I will now talk about five stories, starting with Earth Angel Dolly Parton. She has cured coronavirus, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know that there's at least two vaccines that are close to being ready for the public to inject into their veins. So Pfizer has one that is supposedly 90% effective, but you need two doses of it and it needs to be stored um, in Snow Miser's ass. Like it has to be cold, 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 cold. Now Moderna is coming out with its own that also needs two doses, but it's 94% effective and doesn't need to be as cold. And it's been blessed by Dolly Parton's money. So in April, Dolly donated $1 million for coronavirus research, and it was used to fund Moderna's vaccine. So Dolly was on the Today Show this morning and said that she just um, wanted her money to do some good, and she's glad that it has, and she hopes that there's a cure really soon. And I hope that when Moderna's vaccine comes out, the jingle will be, vaccine, 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 vaccine. (laughs) I'm begging of you. Please vaccinate my man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, we just we won the contract to write the jingle for it. So (laughs) we'll be the next ones donating a million dollars. But like, okay, I'm so I'm so used to like, like expecting so much. Right. And like, so I had to like, kind of slap myself and be like, $1 million is a lot of money. Like it's, it's just, it's so generous. Because do you know what $1 million could buy Dolly Parton? Like that's two new wigs and a fresh face. And she's spending it on us. She's a heartless saint, a savior. No, not heartless. Oh, heartful. (laughs) Heartful. She's mostly heart. She's 90% heart. Oh my God. I'm surprised like a lightning bolt from heaven did not strike me dead for well, saying that. I just tweeted. I'm like direct quote from Michael K. Dolly Parton quote. It's heartless. Canceled. <laughs> yeah, can- <laughs> that would honestly, that, sh- that should cancel somebody who if they said That should cancel me. Yeah. yeah. So Johnny Depp, speaking of canceled, um, was suing the son for libel over them calling him a wife beater. So as we all know, his ex-wife, Amber Heard, has long accused him of abusing her. Uh, Johnny lost that case, and a judge ruled that there was enough evidence to prove that Johnny Depp is a wife beater. So because of that, Warner Brothers decided to fire Johnny from the third Fantastic Beasts movie. 
Johnny was in the first two and played the evil wizard Grindelwald. Now, even though he was shit-canned and only filmed one scene so far, The Hollywood Reporter says that Johnny will still get paid and his paycheck is at least $10 million. Um, Mass Mickelson, a.k.a. Hannibal, is probably going to replace Johnny as Grindelwald. Uh, does that mean that Jude Law and Mass Mickelson will kiss? I mean, if they want to put butts in seats. Yeah, that's the only way I'll watch it. Yeah, like, I'm not going to a movie theater, but, like, if there's a chance that I might get to see them kiss, maybe I'll think about it. Um, Yeah, I mean, suddenly I find myself wanting Jude Law's character to, like, get with that evil wizard. Like, I know that Grindelwald is, like, bad, but, I mean, he's not that bad, I guess. Whereas before I'd be like, Jude Law, stay away from that Johnny you Depp wizard. Better. <laughs> yeah, love yourself, Jude Law. Okay, so J.K. Rowling, you know, she defended Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing she wasn't involved in recasting Grindelwald because she'd be like, you know, might I suggest a wonderful actor named Kevin Spacey <laughs> or perhaps Woody Allen or Bill Cosby. We can shoot his scenes in prison. Oh, so no. that's a good thing. Now, I watched CNN during the election. So my personal map daddy was the other silver fox, John King. Yeah, John King's... He was, yeah. yeah, the map daddy of CNN. But if you watched MSNBC, your map daddy was Steve Kornacki. And he was the one who, you know, who tracked all the election results in his st um, in states on that map. Mm -hmm. And people thirsted over him. Oh, Steve, Steve Kornacki was making people hornacky at home. Yes. And part of his election coverage uniform was a pair of khakis from The Gap. He owns a ton of them and wore them from day to night. The Gap says that thanks to Steve Kornacki's khakis, they saw a 90% increase in unit sales on their website. They should do a capsule collection. Core khakis. Core khakis. <laughs> oh my goodness. When asked for comments, sweatpants responded, oh, so now you want to wear actual pants. Okay, message received. Well, we don't want to wear them. We just want to see them on Steve Kornacki. That's true. Yeah. And if Steve Kornacki ever does need money, he can sell them the used ones on eBay. And the ones that would get the most is the ones he probably creamed into when Pennsylvania went blue. Um, People's Sexiest Man Alive of 2020 is going to be announced tonight. So by the time you're listening to this, it would have already been announced. Um, last year's was John Legend. 2018 was Idris Elba. 2017 was Blake Shelton. That was a dark year. Yeah. Um, 2016 year. was The Rock. And 2015 was David Beckham. So, Allison, who do you think it's going to be this year? Now, we do know that Dan Levy is on the list, but we don't know if he got the cover. I don't think he got the cover because People was, like, putting... People Magazine, I should say, um, was, like putting up a bunch of pictures of him and then like his article and stuff. I think that he was covered too much. I think that they like to keep it a little bit of a secret. So I think that he appears in the magazine, but I don't think he's the sexiest man. If anyone from Schitt's Creek deserves to be the sexiest man, it's uh, obviously the man who has been snubbed for decades. And that's Eugene Levy. Okay. Name, so that's who you think it's going to be? Name eyebrows sexier. You know what? No, that's just wishful thinking. If I had, if, I had to pick someone. It's going to be Chris Evans because he was the only one generous enough during COVID to 
accidentally flash a picture of his penis for the internet. Yeah, and he has Wonder... Is he in Wonder Woman? That's Chris Pine. Pine. Okay, yeah. I get them confused. But I'm sure, um, I'm sure he's got a movie coming out sometime. My guess is whatever dudes from The Voice they haven't done. So that's like Carson Daly, Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas? Yeah, <gasps> Nick Jonas. Voice? But yeah, Nick Jonas? Yeah. One of the Jonas is on The Voice. So one of them, or like you said, Chris Evans, or Jason Momoa, or Kornacki's Khakis. That, that's good. That's what's going to be. So it should be. Yeah. And finally, so Emily in Paris, the Netflix show about Emily, who's like an extremely annoying American woman who dresses like shit, but somehow takes Paris by storm. So it got renewed for a second season. And after Netflix announced that, they also announced that Emily in Paris is actually pronounced Emily in Paris. So it kind of rhymes emily and perry it's a stretch but yeah Legrand. we're, we're yeah. accepting it as a society so allison what is your emily and perry name well allison in- yeah look it was it was tough goings for me but mine would be i think allison in tucson because i i don't have any particular love for arizona um, but I've heard it's very, very warm and I live in a very cold place. So I would go to Tucson. Also, something I found out was that Arizona ranks very, very low in literacy rates and, uh, education. And I personally can barely string together a sentence. So I think I might have found my ideal place to live. Perfect. Tucson. Does that rhyme? Allison Sun in Tucson. Tucson. G- close enough. Mm-hmm. So what What are you, Michael? Because I was trying to guess. I couldn't think of a name. Well, yet. my name doesn't rhyme with fucking anything. No. Like Michael. My, I came up with Michael in Istanbul mm-hmm. or Michael in Kabul. Ooh, the, that one yeah. kind of works. But I don't go by Mike because I hate it. I hate when everybody anybody calls me Mike and I shouldn't admit it because now my enemies are just going to call me Mike. But if I did, my Netflix show would be Mike in Florida's turnpike. <laughs> it's fitting. Just like Allison in Tucson, Mike's in Florida's turnpike. For this week's mailbag, we're going to answer one question from listener um, Jilly. So she asks, Can you share with us a little bit about the delisted writing editing process behind the scenes? I have noticed that since Michael K. moved back to the West Coast, the posts don't start rolling out until after 12 p.m. So my guess is that everyone submits their post to Michael and then he does a final once over before they go up on the site. Am I right? Yes, you're right. Yes, if you had had some money... Wagering yeah, you, on this. You win a grand total of zero dollars. <laughs> That's our budget. Yep. Which um, I actually didn't hire the writers until a little after I moved to California. And so I used to, when I did it by myself and I lived in California, I used to get up at like 5 a.m. So I was like, fuck this. But yeah, the, the way that it works is that the night before, I'll send a list of stories that I feel are interesting or need to be covered to the writers who are working the next day. And then, like, Allison, Christian, Mika, um, Emily, or Natasha will pick each pick what story they want, and it'll come off the list. And then I, I like, refresh the list throughout the day, and writers can also, like, throw a pitch if I miss something or there's something they want to do. 
And then when a story is done, I look it over, uh, make any changes if need, if it's needed, um, and then post it or schedule it. And I look at every post before it goes up. So if there's a typo or a mistake, it's my fault. Either I missed it or I'm the one who put the typo. <laughs> but to be to be fair, though, it's like I feel like when you're when your eyes are on so many posts, you, like you're going to miss you're going to miss stuff. Yeah, and I have busted eyes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have missed stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And our t- or I have what's worse and what I feel really bad is sometimes I'll add I'll add something and it's not true. Like like Natasha wrote uh the Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, they split up. Mm-hmm. So she wrote that post and I wrote like um this was Olivia and Jason's second marriage. And she's like, they weren't married. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. So yeah, that was my fault. That happens. It happens. Um, but yeah, to to uh, to her point, to our listeners' point, um, yeah, it like things kind of go up at a certain time, and I feel like, just for my experience, I feel like I have given you stuff later and later as the years go on. Like, I feel like in the beginning I was giving you stuff at, like, you know, 10 o'clock. And then it's, like, later and later. And that's just me, I guess, I don't know, maybe getting older and coffee doesn't work as well in my system anymore. And I'm just tired. Yeah, and, you know, like, Sleepy. yeah, because I get up, like, 6, 6.30. So when the first post goes up, like, sometimes 8.39 yeah. my time. So yeah, we're all old. <laughs> it's, yeah, we're all yeah. Um, it's hard though with time differences though. Like it, it really is hard. Like, wouldn't it be great if we all just switched over to one, one time zone? One time. It's it's pitch black at like nine o'clock in the morning. That's what we all want, right? <laughs> Universal time system. Anyways, but yeah, you described exactly our how we work. Yeah, so that's how it's done. Riveting, I know. Um, So that ends this episode. And if you've got a question for our mailbag, any question you want, um, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. We'll be off again next week because of Thanksgiving. And then we'll be back for three episodes before we go on a little break for the Christmas holidays. So till next time. And have a wonderful Skanksgiving. Yes. Enjoy your cranberry in a can, Michael. Oh, I will. And mm-hmm. uh, and enjoy your turkey. Oh, you don't get turkey. Well, just make some turkey. Oh, make some green bean casserole. I'm going to make something to FedEx it to you. Oh, go good. It'll be extra delicious. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye.